CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Duke-Masaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time in the Ben Drusk Show as I speak. It is, what is that? Friday, May 14th. My, 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 time is flying. I'm going to read you a headline from today's bright one, Chicago Sun-Times, home delivered as always. Give you an idea of what we're going to be, what is in the news of the day and what we're going to be talking about. And I know that this headline I'm about to read is over an article that 99.9%, I'm lecturing you, I'm lecturing you listeners, 99.9% of you just skim. It's like, oh my God, Ben, it's so complicated. Yeah, I can't deal with it. Uh-uh. You're going to learn to appreciate why this story is important. Here's the headline. Top Illinois Dems push Treasury Department to allow new COVID funds to pay unique debt. Lynn Sweet in the Sun-Times. And it's all about efforts by everybody from Lori Lightfoot uh, to Susanna Mendoza, Illinois Comptroller, to J.B. Pritzker, the governor of the state of Illinois, to put pressure on that radical in the White House, Joe Biden, uh, to allow them to spend COVID relief money uh, on interest to banks. So that's what we're going to be discussing. Uh, and uh, as I do uh, with all my distinguished guests, and I have a very distinguished guest with me, I ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself, or herself in this case, himself. So take it away, distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Go ahead. Great to be here, Ben. I'm Saket Bhatti with the Action Center on Race and the Economy, or ACRE. Uh, at ACRE, we work on campaigns to win racial and economic justice by challenging the power of big banks and big tech in our economy. We partner with state and local organizations to take on Wall Street and Silicon Valley for their role in harming communities of color with racist, extractive, and predatory practices. And, you know, there's no uh, no better example of this than what's happening right now, where we have, uh, you know, our top Democrats in Illinois really all just falling over themselves to try to find ways to give away our recovery money to banks and investors. Yeah, no, uh, you and I have been having this conversation uh, for many years uh, on one level or another, and uh, it's still alive. Uh, the notion that uh, 
states like Illinois or cities like Chicago uh, fall behind on their obligations. And so to pay their basic bills, they borrow more, borrow money from banks, uh, which incurs interest rates, uh, interest penalties. They pay, end up paying more in interest than they do for things like programs for the homeless. Uh, and then it just compounds itself. And then every year we see the scene where mayors or their advisors or governors or their advisors go to Wall Street, uh, these rating companies, and beg them, mm-hmm. <laughs> beg them uh, to reconsider whatever rating they give uh, so that they pay maybe a fraction less an in interest. Uh, mm-hmm. And you've been championing the, um, the reform of this program. I hesitate to use the word reform, but everybody loves using the word reform. So um, let's just break it down a little bit, uh, Sakab, and explain to folks um, how it impacts them when a, a city like Chicago or a state like Illinois uh, runs up obligations and has to borrow uh, money just to pay its bills. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Ben, as you and I both know, to fund the services our communities need, we need to stop banks like J.P. Morgan Chase from taking our money. The black and brown neighborhoods in Chicago that have been hit hardest by the pandemic, we need relief. We need a recovery. Right? We need to invest in public services like mental health clinics, jobs programs, public health programs, uh, mass transit. Um, and now that you know, President Biden's American Rescue Plan is actually sending $1.9 billion of recovery money our way, Mayor Lightfoot wants to give half of it to banks and investors. $465 million, that's half a billion nearly, will go directly to J.P. Morgan Chase. But, you know, to fund the services we need, we need to stop Chase Bank and other Wall Street investors from taking that money, which is ours, right? Mayor Lightfoot should join us in demanding that Chase Bank waive the interest on this loan so we can ensure that Chicago's black and brown communities can get the relief money we need and deserve. She should join the cities like Philadelphia and Los Angeles that have already called on the Federal Reserve to provide long-term zero-cost loans to state and local governments, instead of lobbying the Biden administration to try to change the rules so we can give our money to banks, why don't we lobby the Federal Reserve to actually give us zero-interest loans? That would save Chicago taxpayers $1.1 billion a year, right? That's enough money to house 74,000 Chicago families for a full year. Um, you know, we, we have, uh, there's more information about that uh, at cancelwallstreet.org. We're saying we need to actually cancel our payments to Wall Street so we can invest that money back in, back in services. So cancelwallstreet.org. We also have a petition up to stop Chase from taking Chicago's relief money at bit.ly slash stop Chase, B-I-T dot L-Y slash stop Chase. Because at the end of the day, the rescue funds, there are rescue money. They should go towards communities reeling from the COVID-19 crisis not to Wall Street's biggest bank. We need to ensure that our communities have the services that, that we need, but we can only do that if we stop J.P. Morgan Chase and other investors from taking our money. Yeah, and by the way, let me just point out, uh, yes, it's true uh, that many of the uh, uh, black neighborhoods in the city of Chicago and Hispanic neighborhoods in the city of Chicago uh, have been hit hard by cuts from Lori Lightfoot uh, and by the impact of uh the pandemic. But let me just point out, folks, this 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 affects absolutely everybody in Chicago, no matter where you live, no matter what your race is, your ethnicity, whatever. Okay? The more money you pay in interest to the chases of the world, the higher your taxes are. And I hear everybody complaining and whining about their taxes. I may have just been one of those people complaining and whining about my taxes not too long ago. 
uh, a good chunk of the money that you send to the public schools that you send to your to the city uh, goes to pay interest on loans. So it affects it really affects absolutely everybody in the city of Chicago. Just an important point I I love to make. All right, now let me play devil advocate with you, um, Sako. Uh, and this is it. I'm going to pretend I'm a banker. I'm look, look, Lori Lightfoot. Look, Chicago City Council. Look, J.B. Pritzker. Look, Republicans, Democrats alike. Nobody forced you to borrow the money. Nobody. You could have raised the taxes way back when to pay your obligations. But no, you wanted this loan because it was, what, politically more attractive at the time to borrow the money and then forego the tax hike uh, down the road. Uh, you chose to take this as an option so that you could hold a press conference and claim that you had balanced the budget and then go before the editorial boards of Chicago and claim that you balanced the budget so you get editorial writers from the Chicago Tribune and Cranes to go, my God, what a maestro, what a fiduciary wizard this mayor is. You did it. So now you want to come back and not pay the interest? What's your response to that? Uh, I mean, they're not wrong. The truth is that, you know, Mayor Lightfoot has been, uh, has really dragged your feet on raising progressive revenue. There's many solutions, like raising corporate head tax on major employers that she would put in place. It would immediately bring in lots of money, but she refuses to do that. She's been prioritizing corporations, developers, the police department over communities. And at the end of the day, we definitely need to be raising revenue and progressive revenue, right? We need, we know that in Chicago, uh, uh, poor and middle-class folks are overtaxed, but the wealthy get off scot-free. And we need to reverse that. We need to actually uh, you know, raise progressive revenue that takes money from the, the wealthiest and major corporations. That said, the money also should not be going towards Wall Street. What's interesting about this is, so the, the loan we have from J.P. Morgan Chase is half a billion dollars. Uh, it's through this thing called a line of credit, which is basically like a credit card. It basically, it's essentially that, Chicago has a half a billion dollar credit card from J.P. Morgan Chase. We borrowed it. We borrowed from it uh, to make some payments. And so because it's like a credit card, the way it works is that the longer you carry your balance, the more interest that you pay. Right. And so uh, Mayor Lightfoot wants to pay back the loan right away so we can stop carrying the balance to save interest payments. But here's the thing. The interest payments are just nine million dollars a year. Right. And so she's throwing $465 million of our recovery money out the window in order to save $9 million. That's like cutting off your arm to stop the pain in your pinky finger. The truth is our communities need this money right now for recovery and relief. This money is not intended for banks. It's intended to actually help get the city of Chicago back on its feet after the pandemic to really make up for uh, you know, the, the, the real strong need that we've seen in our community. Uh, over the past year, this is not intended to just you know give to to give the money to the banks, uh, and especially in this case when it's her entire argument is that this lets us save that giving up half a billion dollars lets us save nine million dollars a year in interest. Like that just makes zero sense. Um, and so we and you know the truth is that Ch J P Morgan Chase uh, does a lot of business with the city of Chicago. Uh, it does billions and billions in business. They can afford to to basically give up nine million dollars a year of profit, right? They have three point three trillion dollars in assets. They just announced thirty million dollars in bonuses for their CEO. Uh, they can certainly afford to to give up nine million dollars in interest for a year 
uh, in order to have recovery for the city of Chicago. So just to make certain I heard you right, uh, and to underscore this point, you're telling me that Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the smartest people she could assemble to advise her on financial matters have come to the conclusion, and I assume these are all people who know basic math uh, and who've gone to the finest universities in the land. You're telling me that they sat down and decided that giving up $455 million right now is somehow better for the taxpayers of the city of Chicago than paying $9 million a year for how many years? How many years would the $9 million be paid out in the loan? It's $9 million. The interest is $9 million a year. It's like a credit card, so you can keep carrying The longer you carry it on, the longer you pay interest. I see. So if it's 10 years, it's $90 million. Yeah. I'm no, I'm no math. I'm no dad best, but I figured that out. So why, how do they defend that? How do they defend sacrificing $455 million right now for $9 million in interest? How do they defend that? I mean, that's the thing, Ben, as, as you and I know, this isn't actually about math. It's about morals and ideology. And the truth is that the mayor isn't concerned about you know, actually, this isn't actually a financial question that she's not concerned about, uh, about, you know, the, the raw numbers, just, you know, saving money. What she's concerned about is actually reinforcing this idea that Wall Street always goes to the front of the line. And that's what, you know, our, our ratings, our credit, uh, our municipal lending system is screwed up in this way where our credit ratings agencies, they reward us if we make sure that Wall Street's at the front of the line. Uh, but we know that the point of government is not to give money to Wall Street. The point of government is to fund communities, fund community services. And we can only do that if we stop banks like J.P. Morgan Chase from taking our money. So what are you, uh, by the way, have, have has your group had any interaction whatsoever with either Mayor Lori Lightfoot or her top advisors? We have not. Wow. Let's just think about that for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Lori Lightfoot ran as a progressive in the city of Chicago. This is perhaps the I, I don't use the word anymore, uh, Sakup. That's a whole longer story. Progressive is such a misused, distorted. But it's still used by 99% of people to mean people of the leftist persuasion uh, who have this notion that we should share uh, you know, some of the pain and, and, and more progressively fund government through taxes. I'm, so it still has that wider use. So I'm compelled to use it, even if I think it's a misused word. So you're telling me that uh, your organization and people uh, that are advocating uh, to, instead of spending $455 million by giving to the banks, uh, are, have had no direct access to the mayor of the city of Chicago as she drafts the proposals as how we spend our money? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's interesting because we have been working with, uh, you know, members of the city council here and in other cities uh, to really push on this option. If we, that, this idea that what we need is to overhaul our municipal finance system, uh, because the truth is that the Federal Reserve can provide long-term zero-cost loans to state, local, territorial, tribal governments, right? That would mean that we could actually Make, I mean, the federal government, as it turns out, we own a bank, right? We actually have a bank. Why are we going to Wall Street to get to borrow money, right? When we go to Wall Street, we pay a dollar in interest and, and fees for every dollar that we borrow. And so it means there's a dollar of profit for every dollar that's going to our services. If we could actually cut out that profit, we could have much more money, twice as much money going to our services. And so, you know, the Philadelphia and Los Angeles city councils 
recently passed a resolution, what we call our Cancel Wall Street Resolution, calling on the Federal Reserve to provide these loans to state and local governments. Uh, you know, if we could do this, it would save Chicago taxpayers $1.1 billion a year. Alderman Rosana Rodriguez-Sanchez and other members of the city council introduced a similar resolution here last December, but the mayor's allies and city council stopped it from coming up for a vote. Instead of lobbying the Biden administration to say, let us give this money to the banks, wasn't, why doesn't she actually allow this vote and, and then call on you know, Fed Chairman Jay Powell to say, hey, instead of giving all the free money to banks and, and fossil fuel corporations, give us that money. That's a better investment in, in, you know, in American taxpayers and in our communities. I, I just am momentarily stunned here, Sako. My beloved Chicago, I could have lived anywhere. I chose to live in Chicago. Let's just, let's go back and unpack that a little bit. So you're telling me, and it's only a resolution, all right? So Philadelphia, Philadelphia passed a resolution uh, calling on its financial managers uh, to borrow the money from the feds at almost no interest, as opposed to borrowing it from Wall Street bankers at enormous interest. The Chicago City Council, uh, has a similar resolution. Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez, the alderwoman of the 33rd Ward, frequent guest on the Ben Jarosky Show, introduced that legislation. Tell me what the city council did with that resolution. I did. I, I was not aware of this particular... Uh, somehow Rosanna never mentioned this when she came to the show. Just let our listeners know what our enlightened Chicago city council did with this resolution. Go ahead. They just tabled it, right? They buried it in the committee never to come up for a vote because they're not willing to even asked the Fed nicely, hey, consider giving us free money. Uh, instead, they want to you know, really ask the President of the United States to allow us to give money to the banks, but they will not call on the Fed to give us free money. I guess I say I shouldn't be surprised, um, but I am surprised. It's just a resolution, guys. You don't have to bury it. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's go back to the notion that... Uh, Joe Biden may actually actually be more progressive on this front uh, than Mayor Lori Lightfoot or uh, J.B. Pritzker. In today's Sun-Times, there's a column, I alluded to it already, by Lynn Sweet. I urge everybody to check it out. It talks about how there's concerted effort by the leaders uh, in the state of Illinois, many of them Democrats, uh, Susanna Mendoza, J.B. Pritzker, Lori Lightfoot, uh, to get Joe Biden uh, to... Re uh, eradicate some of these restrictions that his administration has put on uh, how cities and states uh, spend their COVID relief. Uh, go into a little detail about this, would you, uh, Sako? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like, it just honestly does not take much to be more progressive than Mary Lori Lightfoot. She has, as you said, she's not progressive by any stretch of the imagination, uh, right? Uh, but the other thing, of course, is the only reason why Biden is more progressive uh, or why he's progressive at all is because he's been forced to be. Movements have really held him accountable, uh, right? We learned lessons the hard way of what happens uh, from the, after the 08 financial crisis. What do you just focus on giving all the bailouts, all the recovery money to the banks, uh, right? We know that, you know, trickle-down economics doesn't work. If you give money to the folks that, to folks who have money the most, they don't actually pass it on to, to Main Street. Uh, and that was a big, big lesson that we learned after 2008. Uh, and movements have really forced uh, Joe Biden to heed that, that lesson. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Laura Lightfoot is obstinate. She actually refuses to heed that lesson. Uh, and, 
doesn't want to act, you know, doesn't want to take action on that. But uh, you know, the Treasury Department uh, they've announced that um, they want to make sure that this money is actually used for recovery, so that you know, it can't actually go towards uh, paying back debt service. It can't go towards uh, you know tax uh, tax cuts. It can't go towards uh, putting into a rainy day fund. Uh, these are all good things. They announced this after city of Chicago, state of Illinois, state of New Jersey, all sort of announced their, you know, their intentions to use the money to pay back debt. And so it's really great mm-hmm. that, uh, that those, uh, that, that we have the Biden administration reinforcing the idea that no, no, this isn't just, this isn't another wall street bailout. This is actually money intended for recovery. Um, but yeah, what, what's interesting is, I mean, if we look past, you know, aside from Mayor Lightfoot, if we, if we look at Governor Pritzker, what his plan for the money is is actually mind blowing, right? So last year, the Federal Reserve uh, opened up a lending facility that would allow that would actually start lending to cities and states. Um, and uh, unlike what we're calling for, though, they did it at really high interest rates. Uh, the state of Illinois borrowed, I believe, four and a half billion dollars uh, from the Federal Reserve last year. Governor Pritzker, his plan is the state of Illinois is getting, I believe, about $8 billion uh, in federal relief money under the American Rescue Plan. He wants to give $4.5 billion of that towards paying back the Federal Reserve, right? So it's to think about that for a second, he wants to use the federal money we're getting to pay the Federal Reserve. Like, what? Like, we're just going to give that money right back to the federal government? Like, that's that's what we think is the best use of uh, you know, how to provide relief to our communities. Again, instead of giving them money back to the Federal Reserve, why don't we pass a resolution uh, which, you know, Senator Gazzardi and, Rep- and Representative Peters, sorry, Representative Gazzardi and Senator Peters have introduced at the state level, similarly calling on the Federal Reserve to make zero interest loans to the state of Illinois. Um, we have that same option. Again, instead of paying our recovery money to the Federal Reserve, Let's ask the Federal Reserve to give us zero interest loans. It makes so much more sense. And it seems like the federal uh, government is willing to do that. They need to, they need to be made to do it, right? The truth is that Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, whose term is up uh, next year, uh, he's no friend on this issue, right? The Federal Reserve has the authority to do this. They have the authority to lend to cities and states for up to six months. And they could easily, there's nothing to stop them from rolling it over every six months to resemble a long-term loan. So they have the authority to do it right now without any further congressional action. Jay Powell does not want to do it. He does not believe in, uh, you know, in giving money to cities and states. He believes in giving money to corporations. And that's a problem. It's also a problem because Senator Biden, sorry, President Biden, uh, is considering reappointing him, right? So we're saying, though, he's progressive. But he's not that progressive because he is thinking of reappointing, uh, you know, Jay Powell, who Trump actually made chair. He's considering reappointing him as Fed chair. Again, we need to push him on that, that we need someone who's actually going to put the interest of taxpayers first to make sure that we're funding services in our communities instead of just funding, uh, instead, of, instead of just funding Wall Street. Uh, left his own devices. We know last year, uh, Jay Powell gave Illinois predatory interest rates on the loan that we got from from uh, from them, and that was a choice that he made. Uh, and so we got to push them on this. And having more places like Chicago, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, uh, you know, join the chorus and saying we need this will go a long way towards making that happen. I would argue that uh, Joe Biden uh, has some 
political instincts that are different uh, than whoever he appoints to the Fed. And I think that his political instincts um, emerge from his memory of what went down in the first couple years of the Obama administration, uh, where Obama didn't get any of the political credit uh, for reviving the economy because many people just thought of it uh, as just a handout to banks. And it's funny, um, I had Susanna Mendoza on this show, good friend of this show, even though we don't agree on everything, Susanna Mendoza, state controller. And I was advocating, follow me on this, uh, that the state of Illinois just use, uh, get money from the, the feds and just use it to pay off its uh, pension obligations. And she, she chided me, um, as most uh, mainstream uh, politicians and editorial writers do, saying that would be a bailout. And so we shouldn't go. She's going to oppose to that. And I'm like, why is it called a bailout when you want to help some retired cop, firefighter, teacher, clerk, et cetera, and so forth? But when, <laughs> when, you're, when you're helping, when you're just giving the money to a bank, it's... Uh, an investment in the economy, Ben. It's a revival. So please explain to me, if you will, sort of like the conflicting notions here, uh, just in terms of the way people view the world. I mean, you know, even this framing of like this framing of pension payments as being bailouts, even that if we're helping anyone, I just find that so problematic because the truth is, what is a pension payment? It is money that we owe folks for work they've already done. Right. It's actually just wages. Right. Because the truth is that just like, you know, you and me, like, or I don't know what, what your setup is, but, you know, I have a 401k. My employer is, you know, pays into the 401k every single pay cycle. Right. I, I put some money into it. The employer puts money into it. Uh, and I'm that's the terms of my work. Right. That part of my wages are that money goes to the 401k. Same thing with pensions. Right. The truth is that there is you know, that. Uh, employers are supposed to pay into pension funds as part of the wage package, the compensation package for work that workers are doing. And what we have is the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago, Chicago Public Schools, they have systematically been skipping those payments. The only reason why there's a shortfall is because they didn't put the money in there when they were supposed to. It's not bailing out. This is just holding up. Uh, in, this is just living up to our, uh, to, it's, to not put money into the pensions is wage theft, right? We're saying, so to say, let's use this money to you know, put money into the pensions, that's not a bailout. What that is is saying, let's not steal from our workers because our workers already, yeah. already did this work and the work they're doing is serving our community. And let's be clear that you know, pension funds, who gets that money? It's actually people who live in the community. And we know that in many states, um, that pension funds are actually the largest source of black wealth in the state, right? Because uh, there are, uh, you know, particularly in states like Illinois, Michigan, uh, you know, black workers are actually make up a large portion of, of public sector of the public sector workforce. And the largest pool of wealth that exists there is their pension, which is actually their money that they have earned through the work they have done. And when we talk about you know, trying to cram down the pensions. We're talking about stealing money from black workers in particular and public sector workers more broadly, which will just go farther towards, um, towards you know, harming communities of color and contributing to the already uh, inequality, the inequality we already have. 
one of the disappointing things about the Treasury's guidance that they put out um, this week about the relief funds, they also said, well, it shouldn't go towards pension funds. That's the one part we completely disagree with. Like, actually, like putting money into pension funds is putting money into the communities that have been hit hardest by COVID, right? Like these are communities, particularly seniors, uh, retirees, and communities that have been hit hard by the pandemic who are living on a fixed income, who've been having a hard time making ends meet. Uh, they actually do deserve security. And that is part of part of the recovery uh, that we need in our communities. And I, w- again, want to point out that this is uh, an issue that affects more than just black people. Many people in my own family are on pensions. I got people in my family who were postal workers. I got people in my family who were school teachers. I got people in my family who are uh, worked for uh, car manufacturers, and they're all on pensions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so it affects a lot of people, you know. And uh, it's a and 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 I do. I that's a very good point that you just made, Sakam, about. how Biden felt compelled to insert language, not only uh, defending this money from being spent on uh, paying back loans to banks and on interest fees to banks, but uh, for pension funds. And in my humble opinion, get your thoughts on this, this is part of that larger political calculation he's he's making to uh, sort of offset opposition from Republicans. It's a talking point in the state of Illinois by Republicans who are so disingenuous. Don't get me started, Sockup. Before, I mean, you've been around Chicago. You grew up in Chicago. You know there were Republican governors who were kicking the can down the roll on pensions, just like Democrats. Mm-hmm. And all those de- Republican legislators uh, in Springfield were doing the same thing. And now they want to turn it into like a Democratic issue. Uh, so it's a Republican talking point that no money be, be spent on pensions. And they use pensions to try to inflame MAGA against uh, public employees. Even if MAGA itself, by the way, some of MAGAites were storming the Capitol. I just want to point this out to you, Sakup. Were firefighters mm-hmm. or pol- policemen or who are on pensions. Okay, guys. So MAGA's got a two-way a little schizo there. But uh, so I think that was a political calculation on the part of Biden. All right, here I could see the little guys, the little brains going around as they figured this out. Sakov, they were like, "Okay, so we'll throw a bone to Sakov and say that the money can't go um, to banks, but we'll throw a bone to uh, MAGA, uh, Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, or you know who, some other MAGAite, and say it can't go for pensions." That's my sense of it. What's your response? Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. Like, as you said, the overwhelming majority of people who actually get pensions are white folks. So this actually affects people across the board, right? Like the overwhelming majority are actually, you know, working class white folks. Uh, And what's interesting, though, is the one thing, the one minor uh, place where I'll disagree slightly with your analysis is that I think it's sure it's, uh, you know, sort of giving a nod to MAGA. It's also giving a nod to mayors like Lori Lightfoot. Because the truth is that in uh, you know in um, in cities like Chicago, uh, we in yeah in Democratic cities, it's not the Republicans that are pushing cuts to to pensions. It's it's Democratic mayors, right? And they're doing it because they're beholden to Wall Street. They're beholden to major corporations. They don't want to tax them, and so they're systematically instead of putting money into pension funds like they're supposed to, as payments come due, 
they've been kicking the can down the road and using that same money to give tax cuts, tax subsidies to corporations. Uh, and now they say we have no money. And so they still don't want to raise money uh, from from progressive taxation. And so instead, they're trying to raid the you know raid the kitty and and and, and take the money away from pension uh, from pensioners. And so uh, I think that's sort of the important sort of like friendly amendment there that it is uh, it's you know neoliberals of all stripes, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. I, I cannot argue with you. In fact, I just got to go on this little riff. Um, you're absolutely correct when you make that point out. Uh, and I recall, uh, from about 2000 and this is, oh, don't get me started in this cycle, the, the downfall of the democratic party and leading to Trump in about 2009, 2010 and the next five years, Democrats, my beloved Democrats, my beloved democratic party started drinking. I call it the Rom Kool-Aid. Uh, name for our former mayor, Rahm Emanuel, you may, may remember, soon to be ambassador to Japan. Um, <laughs> so their idea was they could present themselves as somehow or other friendlier to uh, socially or to uh, economically conservative swing voters by going after pensions. And it, I just, I watched this in real time and it was like across the board, some Democrats from the suburbs we're leading the charge for, and they called it reform, pension reform. Totally. That's why I don't use the word reform anymore. Like, you know, I don't like the word progressive soccer. I hate the word reform because all it means is just taking money from working people and giving it to banks. And I remember all of them, man, it would be like, uh, it was even Danny Biss, young Daniel Biss, who uh, later he, he apologized for his, his position but this is like 2011, 2000. They were drinking that Rom Kool-Aid, you know. Rom was going into firehouses and saying, "I got to take your pension money." So this is all tied to the same thing, Saka. Because if you don't make good on your obligations to retired cops, firefighters, teachers, clerks, whatever, if you don't make good on them, then the money you quote unquote save generally goes to banks and interest fees. Do you agree with me on that point? Absolutely. And it's by design, right? It's the system is set up uh, so that where we really, you know, when we talk about budgeting, payments to banks and, and bondholders, they're considered mandatory expenses. Services are considered discretionary expenses. That means that when uh, that in budgeting parlance, when you're trying to decide how money gets spent, if you have a shortage, it means that services, the thing that we think government is for, those are actually not considered the main point of government, right? It's considered like we will always cut services, we'll close mental health clinics, we'll close schools, we'll cut, you know, bus lines, CTA bus lines, uh, we'll, you know, cut after school programs to make sure that JP Morgan Chase gets their money. Uh, and, you know, but again, like to actually fund the services that our communities need, we need to stop banks like JP Morgan Chase from taking our money. And Mayor Lightfoot can actually, you know, start to do this. She can actually take a stand and say that instead of they're trying to ask Biden to give money, to, to, to make it so that she can give her money to Chase, she should ask Jay Powell to make it so that we don't need to get money from Chase. She should call, call up Jamie Dimon and say, hey, listen, we do billions of business with you every year. Our communities, we need a break. We've actually been uh, you know, suffering under, under the pandemic. Uh, we need a recovery. And this will only cost you $9 million, which is a third of what your bonus was last year. 
right? Jamie Dimon bonuses last year, $30 million. If you put off $9 million in interest, that's half a billion we can put towards our communities. Why won't you do that? By the way, I'd like to point out there's a role model for this of sorts, uh, unusual role model, but we celebrate him by putting his name on a bu- on a building prominently placed on the Chicago River, and that would be one Donald John Trump. I don't know if you follow Saka, but he's notorious. <laughs> hey, Lori, you should start, Lori Lifer, you should treat banks the way Donald John Trump treats them. It's like he borrows all this money. Oh, yeah, I'll pay it back. And then it's like time to pay it back. I can't pay it back, guys. So we're going to have to, I don't know, we're going to have to figure something out. And Deutsche Bank's like, oh, sure, boss, whatever you say. That's how we built the Chicago Trump Tower. Yeah, and I mean, there's also a precedent for Chase actually doing this, right? So in 2010, the Asian Art Museum of San Francisco, which is, you know, a public-private partnership with the city of San Francisco, a nonprofit, they were in hard times. Uh, they actually owed, uh, you know, I think 40 million plus J.P. Morgan Chase. At the time, you know, Gavin Newsom, who's now the governor, he was the mayor of San Francisco. He negotiated with J.P. Morgan Chase. He got that money waived. He got the fees, the penalties waived, and he got them refinanced into a lower interest loan. Because J.P. Morgan Chase knows that at the end of the day, if there's enough pressure on them, it's bad for business, right? This is $9 million. It's just, it's nothing to J.P. Morgan Chase. They could easily just to, they would spend $9 million on advertising campaigns if they wanted to, to make their image better. Uh, and so they could easily waive $9 million. Uh, and so you can call on them to do that by, again, going to uh, bit.ly slash stopchase, B-I-T dot L-Y slash stopchase to sign our petition, calling on Chase to stop taking our money. All right. So uh, there's essentially two initiatives, uh, one local uh, directed at uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and the Chicago City Council and the other national. And uh, I uh, love I already told this already. I love the uh, slogan that you guys came up with. I don't know who came up with it, uh, but uh, I love it. Uh, Cancel Wall Street campaign. Just anytime cancel can be put into a a phrase. I, I have a big smile. I love talking about cancel culture uh, and how it's used by Republicans. Uh, so let's break it down. Uh, let's just uh, talk first short term. Excuse uh, with Laura Mayor Lori Lightfoot in the city of Chicago. Uh, what's the prospects, in your humble opinion, of getting Mayor Lori Lightfoot um, and the city council and or the city council uh, to act on this? I mean, I would love to see them do it if they really care about the interests of people living in Chicago that have been suffering for the past year uh, under the weight of the pandemic, there's no reason why they can't do this. This wouldn't cost them anything. It's calling out, you're just asking, hey, Chase, will you waive this $9 million? Hey, Jay Powell, will the Federal Reserve you know, make us zero cost loans? It wouldn't cost us anything to do this. So the only thing standing in the way uh, is ideology, right? And, and pride. And so we know that, um, uh, that this is something that is in, in the interest of Chicagoans. We know other cities have done it. We know that J.P. Morgan Chase has actually done things like this before. Uh, so, you know, I I really hope that Mayor Lightfoot and our you know our fifty uh, representatives in City Council uh, will will take the opportunity to do this because it's very much in the best interest of residents all over Chicago. And the long term cancel Wall Street campaign. Yeah, so with the Castle Wall Street campaign, we are working with uh, cities and states all over the country, as well as uh, you know folks in Puerto Rico, to really call on the Federal Reserve to cancel our payments to Wall Street by giving us long-term zero-interest loans. The key thing in here is 
uh, we need to put pressure on the Federal Reserve Chairman, Jay Powell, uh, to make this happen. He's up for reappointment next year. Uh, and, you know, President Biden is expected to make a decision on on uh, the next nomination later this year. During this time, it's very, very important that city and state officials from across the country chime in and say, look, our communities are suffering. We're struggling. We need this money. The thing that Jay Powell has been saying is, look, cities and states don't actually need this money. They're doing fine. When we had the, you know, when we had the uh, lending facility open last year, only two people went to it. One of them was the state of Illinois. But of course, only two people went to it because they had predatory interest rates. And so they're using the fact that no one used this really high interest program to say there's no need. We know there's need. We know the communities across the country are looking to get back on their feet. And so we really are looking for folks uh, to join us and calling on the Fed to do this. And you know, our, our website for that is councilwallstreet.org. Uh, the city of Chicago would save $1.1 billion a year. CPS would save half a billion a year. Uh, we have information about all the different uh, you know, state and local governments at our website and what this could pay for. Uh, and so uh, we're looking forward to having folks join us on that. You know what? And you mentioned CPS, and I uh, had been neglected to bring them up. CPS, of course, would be Chicago Public Schools. And one of the things that really grinds my gears, Sakob, uh, in the discussion of an elected school board, follow me where I'm going with this, uh, is I, I dutifully read all the editorials because I really have this open mind. I want to learn. Maybe they can convince me. A lot of people are against an elected school board. And what are the arguments? I didn't, I didn't tell you this, but one of the arguments that people who oppose an elected school board give is, Ben, we need the mayor to have the ability to hire, to appoint wise stewards of our financial resources to oversee the board of education so they can wisely and astutely manage the money because this is money, Ben, that will fund schools, education programs for our children. And that's ultimately what we care about. I'm like, man, what? please show me where any one of these pirates has ever been wise or fiduciarily sound, Sakab. I mean, watching all these crazy bank deals that they get involved in, playing these outrageous interest fees, little scams going down. Not even talking about the TIFs, which, you know, you're, let's just put that one to the side for the moment. I'm just talking about straight-up borrowing scheme. I'm like, where, where are these wise fiduciary overseers? Where have they been? Go ahead, Sacco. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, of course, is we've only had mayoral control uh, of Chicago school board since the mid-'90s. And before then, CPS's finances were actually dramatically better, right? Like, the truth is that uh, CPS, like the pensions for Chicago public schools were fully funded, it was one of the best funded pension fund systems in the country uh, before mayoral control, right? Like it, things weren't perfect, but the truth is that uh, having a uh, school board that's accountable to the people, those school board members are much better stewards because they're actually accountable to the people. We know who the mayor is accountable to. She's accountable to Wall Street. She's accountable to, to the police. Uh, and she puts their interests first. And so uh, we need a school board that's accountable to the people to making sure that CPS's money is used primarily to pro provide a quality education to our students. Uh, and uh, that's something that we've seen over the past 25 years or so that, you know, school, uh, merrily appointed school boards are unable to deliver that because they're solely accountable 
to the mayor's the mayor's whims and our mayors over the course of the last 25 years unfortunately have been um you know one disaster after another Saka, I want to close by repeating something I said to you when I first met you many years ago at a coffee shop somewhere. Again, and I try to remember that coffee shop and I can't for the life of me. You, as smart as you are and as knowledgeable you are about how banks work, I, dude, you would have made a freaking fortune. I told you this when I met you. I said, if you had sold out and just gone to work for the banks, you'd be so rich right now. You'd be buying me the coffee and uh, or the whole coffee shop. Do you ever feel like an impulse just to say, out of hell with it, man? I'm going to take this knowledge and go work for the man. Listen, I grew up in Chicago, uh, you know, in West Rogers Park, come from a working class community. Uh, I see the needs in our communities. I see what, uh, yeah, I I see what, you know, our communities need and uh, and very much sort of feel the impact of the policies uh, of the mayor one percent mayors one percent that have been you know governing for almost almost my entire life over over the city of chicago uh, and yeah that's just not an option right the truth is that the only way that we'll have our community's needs met is if we put the interests of communities before banks if we stop chase bank and other wall street investors from taking our money we need money to go towards our communities not to cops not to banks uh and i can't imagine what world I can't imagine the mindset I would have to have to think that money for corporations uh, and police and banks should come before money for communities. Uh, I can't imagine what kind of a mind thinks that's appropriate. All right. Very good. Uh, uh, one last time before I let you go, uh, any folks want to get more information, if they want to sign petitions, where do they go? Yep. If you want to stop Chase from taking our money, you can do that by going to bit.ly slash stop Chase. That's B-I-T. Yeah. Uh, sorry. B-I-T dot L-Y slash stop Chase. And you can find more information about our Cancel Wall Street campaign at cancelwallstreet.org. All right. Very good, Sakab. I appreciate it coming on the show and continuing the fight. Very important stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm going to bring Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez back and uh, State Senator Robert Peters. And we'll uh, have a take a deeper dive into these issues uh, as they unfold. So thanks so much, Sakab. I appreciate you coming on. Great to be here, Ben. All right. Very good. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. wondered how to say good morning in Italian or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.